I ask this of everybody, and I haven't asked it in a while. Yeah. Because people aren't as fun as you normally. So what did you do different to conceive your son versus your daughter? Because if I ever have kids, I don't want to have a daughter. Oh, that's I, nothing. There has to be. There has to be. There has to be. Think back about the moment of conception. Maybe I was thinking about like Superman or or oh, it was Hulk like or like some kind of like. <laughs> yeah, kid. Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Smells Like Happy with Handsome. I'm your host, Charles Meyer, of AKA the Handsome Home Buyer, formerly always plugging. Yeah, bro, that was awesome. That was fun. It's never happened before. It just came together. Sometimes it comes together. Sal Rizzolo, you know I love you. This podcast and every podcast is sponsored by Cardinal Financial, specifically Sal Rizzolo and Cardinal Financial. When you have his listing, not our listing, but if you have a listing, yep. do you have a loan officer check out the buyers? Yes. You have to. You, you absolutely have to. Or it's a shit show. Yep. And Sal did a great job with the listing you're talking about right now. I, pre- I appreciate uh, that. I like, see, this is, yeah. we're, we're going to work well no, together. You, you do. You need, you need somebody who knows what they're, even if their loan officer knows what they're doing, it's, you, you got to check you gotta them. get a second look. Because sometimes they don't tell you about like the 14 bankruptcies that took place. Yeah. They're, the, they're trying to, and the fact to close. the money is coming in from some exotic country like a week before the closing and it's going to be a shit show. Secret parent gifts. Yes. So you need it. You need absolutely it. Absolutely need it. All right. So, tax liens. Oh yeah, tax liens. You got tax liens. I've seen, I've seen everything. I don't See, personally, not yet. So you're, you're. So it's for the world, to people that don't know you, you're, you're Mike Flynn. I am Mike Flynn of the Flynn team, EXP Realty. Yep. I was at EXP Con last week, which we're going to talk about because I saw EXP Con. I'm like, I want to be at EXP Con. EXP <laughs> Con looks wild. Um, and the interesting thing that I just learned, right, is that. I don't know anything about you or enough about you. So we got to get into it. We yep. just did a deal together, yep. which took a long ass time because the city of Long Beach just takes a long ass time. Yes. So we built a new construction home in uh, in Long Beach, which for anybody who doesn't know, is the most difficult and expensive place to build anything. Are you going to reorder the list? That's a, that's a city because you had the list of towns. Oh, uh, no, they're not like dicks like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. And you know yeah. what? I got in a lot of trouble for that. I'm sure. I'm like, sure. I didn't realize that, like, people actually watch my videos. You're, you're getting big, man. And, you got to watch what you say. And all of a sudden, <laughs> someone's like, you know, the building department is watching this. They watch this. They send it to each other. I'm like, no. Yeah. They do? You're like, they, yeah. They probably laugh when they're watching it, and they're like, we're, we're coming after this guy. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, why do my files take so long? So I'm <laughs> off that train. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. off the bashing train. But... um. It's very expensive to build in Long Beach because you're building in sand. Right. The block is like as narrow as this yeah, freaking podcast studio. Probably. It took forever to get electric, right? Everything is steel. Plus, we like went overboard and built that crazy deck and all that other stuff. I mean, the house came out sick. Yeah. And the market was starting to move. And we took the first offer that was decent that came in, which makes sense. And don't be freaking greedy in this market, people. If Mike tells you to list at X, list at X. If he tells you to take the damn deal, take the damn deal. So Mike's like, Charles, take the damn deal. And what did I do? Took the damn deal? I took the damn deal. And we're in contract. We're going to be closing soon. And I didn't make as much money as I want to make, but I'm making some money. And my old saying is, some money is better than no money. money. 
Good Greg, we, Scott, we are like fucking lockstep, the three of us. I don't know what happened today. The two of you guys are, are lockstep. I'm trying to, to get into the the club with the two of you guys. No. It's... What, hair? No, I could be the cream in the middle. <laughs> that was... That was... <laughs> All right, listen, this is a this is a G-rated podcast. All right, so we're back to you. So as we're talking and you're telling me all these wonderful things that like I had no idea, like the fact like you were a real estate attorney and all that shit, which kind of makes sense now because you look like a real estate attorney. Like real estate attorneys that are men are typically like what I think, I think like, you know, Jim Clark. Yep. I think like Chris Romano. I think like an ASOF. You're like, you look like that guy. You're good looking. You got good hair. It's like perfectly placed. You could be in a Head and Shoulders commercial. The Hello. suit looks great. You're lean as hell, even though we're 40 and we're not supposed to be, but you look fucking good, sir. I, I appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations. I'm, I'm what we used to call other people a, a law firm 10. A which law? is not, it's not a 10 in the rest of the world, but in a law firm, and law school is a law school 10 also. What is a law firm 10? It's like a seven But like, but in, why in, are, in the real world. Why typically in law school people aren't attractive? Is is that what no, it is? I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that, Charles. Uh, <laughs> I'm just repeating what what I learned, you know, from being out there. That you know, it's like law firm tens, and then there's the rest of the world. So this is interesting yeah. because I, I've never. So I always interesting. I always say to myself, there's a lot of people I know that have law degrees, but then don't practice law. Right. And I always am like, oh, I really wish I had a law degree, but don't want to practice law because a lot of times attorneys fuck shit up, and you just really want to know. Yep. Which is very cool when you walk into somebody's house, you know, to take a listing. You're like, by the way, I look like Clark Kent, but I'm really Superman. Yeah. And let me tell you why. So it's, yeah, it's funny. It's, it helps sometimes. It hurts sometimes. I don't, I don't know that it hurts, but it doesn't always lock it in. Because, I mean, let's face it, in, in real estate, especially residential real estate, you could, be, you could be a member of Mensa. You could be a certified genius. I'm a doctor and a lawyer and, and all these things. And you still lose the listing to, you you're, know, you're Bo, Jack. You're Bo Jackson in the real estate it, world. It's, Do you know Bo Jackson? Uh, oh my God. I was just talking with my son. My son doesn't know who Bo Jackson who, is. I was talking to somebody else like about a, it. It's like, like a YouTube it? clip or something where Bo Jackson uh, on the Royals runs up the outfield wall, makes a catch, and then runs back down. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look at this guy. He's like, it's Bo. I'm like, do you know who this is? He's like, yeah, it's Bo Jackson. But he's just reading it. Yeah. And I'm like... Do you, like, do you know the whole Bo knows? I was like, are, are those like worked into your YouTube routine now? Wow. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, this guy, he played professional football, baseball. There was a whole commercial yeah. where it's like Bo knows this and that. Bo knows diddly. I lost him after like the first two words. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, he, he was already yeah. swiping. He yeah, that's it. It's but it's so funny you said Bo Jackson because that, that just came up and I hadn't thought about Bo Jackson I, in like I said years. it to somebody else the other day and they were like, who the hell is Bo Jackson? Who was I talking to about Bo Jackson? It was in front of you guys, wasn't it? We were the ones who didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you, you guys are, your 20s? 26, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's, I mean, Yo, he was in his prime when we were, bro, like, yeah, no, we are. We're fucking old, dude. I'm going to be 43. I'm going to be 43. Deion Sanders, you know Deion Sanders? Neon Deion? Uh, so he was like, he was like the original Deion Sanders. Baseball, football, uh, not a, a different kind of. Uh, I feel like if Bo was Denzel, Pizarre's, but. Then Dion was like uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Not yeah, the same. Yeah, I could kind of. Not the same. You know where I'm going yeah. with this, right? Are you guys both very decorated actors? No. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne is kind of like the. So the, the 
Lawrence, no, Lawrence Fishburne is like the B-rated version of Denzel. Like Denzel's Denzel. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's not the point. The point is, is that you were a real estate attorney, which is actually a freaking tough gig. Being a real estate attorney is a tough-ass gig. Yeah. Because nobody wants to pay for shit. Nobody realizes how long it takes to actually deal with it. You're dealing with emotions. People that are like heavy with emotions, which is a fucking nightmare. It's actually a recipe for just complete and utter disaster when you think about it. Yes. It, yeah. I, I always, one of my sayings with my team, with everybody's real estate would be really easy if people weren't involved. If it was just like an algorithm, houses got traded like an algorithm. Yeah. Super easy. Emotions change everything. But yeah, when you're a real estate attorney, you have to, especially on the residential side, you, you've got to do volume and you've got to have yeah. a setup so that you can turn out like the 1500 at a time maybe you're charging a little extra for like power of attorney or some other issue but there's always going to be an issue yeah and, and it's harder outside of the city where you have you know boundary line agreements and things like that condo and co-op practice is actually a little easier in the city in my opinion because it's like you know it, it could be the building's problem and everybody just looks past it yeah but you know? yeah but then also like if the deal doesn't close you don't get paid a lot of times right yeah because no, true. real estate attorneys can't really take retainers because the bulk of the guys that do business and girls that do business don't do that. Yeah. So it's it's hard. Right. It's really hard when you really when you think about it, and there's a lot on the line. Yeah. It's it's a it's a tough gamble. Like for a realtor, you have a, the payout matches the risk, in my opinion. Usually, if you're taking like full size commissions, there and is, you're not discounting. There is. What's the uh, risk? You have risk that the deal doesn't close. Oh, you're putting it's your yeah, no, it's not, risk, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, it's not the same. It's not, yeah. the same. you're right. So, you can't compare like an attorney for 1500 bucks with all that shit and the agent for two percent or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. But you know, in, in if you look at it from the other, like if you look at it from the bar's perspective, if if you're gonna lose 1500 bucks and and the right advice or the conservative advice is kill the deal, like real estate attorneys don't think twice about killing the deal. Yeah, if it's got to get killed, so it's it, it causes friction with, so, with agents and just what, part of it. What made you become a real? Where did you go to law school? First of all, Fordham. Okay, so I was a Fordham undergrad. Wow, went to Fordham Law. Yeah, I up until like I think it was my twenty first birthday. I, my dad's my dad's a lawyer. He's retired now. Uh, he was like a hardcore railroad litigator. So like he was in a totally different area. Of practice. He was a railroad litigator? Railroad litigator. What is that? So He worked uh, for the railroad? He represented the unions. So without going too off track, the railroad's very old industry, very dangerous industry. So it's one of the one of the carve outs to workers' comp is they have their own federal statute that they can sue for injuries. So it's it's like personal injuries specific to railroad workers. And under their special federal statute. So your father would sue on behalf of he, railroad workers. Yeah, he used to take the train into Manhattan, sue the Long Island Railroad, and then take the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> and we, thought, we all thought that was the funniest thing. Wait a minute, hold on. Did he was he employed by the union or he was just referred? No, he was, it, it was uh, he he took the firm over from a senior partner, and it was like a nice little niche. Wait, so it was like personal into. injury for the LIRR? Yeah, he must have murdered it, man. It's, absolutely, he was he was feared. He's like, if, if you mention, he's also Michael Flynn. If you mention among railroad workers the name Michael Flynn, anywhere in the metro area, but you uh -huh. sometimes go all over the country, if, if someone is like over the 40 or 50 mark, uh -huh. they're like, oh my God, Michael Flynn. Like he's, 
So, so to me, he would come home with a smile on his face every day. He loved what he did. He's got a whole fun backstory <laughs> of why he became a lawyer. So I'm growing up going, oh, man, my dad's He so loved happy beating the hell out of the LIRR. Yeah. And he, he loved going to trial. He was like a true trial lawyer. Oh, Not yeah. like, let me write a motion, and I really don't want to get in front of a jury. He was like, I want to get in front of the jury. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make so much money for these guys, and it's, a lot of it was contingency. Yeah. So some of the things that were like subconsciously getting into my brain were being a lawyer can be fun. It's, it's in my blood, maybe, and like getting yeah. paid on contingency is okay. I didn't know what any of that meant. I was just on a liberal arts track. And like my 21st birthday, when I had to study for the LSATs, I was like, this, this is it. I'll just become a lawyer. And wasn't really thinking about it. It's like a thing, because the next thing I'm going to do. Because when you're 21, you still don't usually know what the hell you want to do. I didn't, I didn't want to decide what I was going to do. It's like, this is oh, what I'm doing okay. well Where, in. Where'd you grow up? It's Oceanside. Yeah, why the hell would you want to grow up? I grew up in Wanto. Who the hell wants to grow it, up? Exactly. We, it, was, it was the Pax Americana is what they called the 90s. That's like a, like a Roman reference to like the Cold War was over. Uh, we, we had incredible economy, yeah. say what you will about Clinton. Like everything was, it was like the golden age in America and, and we're in an affluent area. Yeah. I love Long it. Long Island very affluent. I mean, I still don't want to grow up. So why, why, why grow up? Right. So I'm, I'm like, I'm on this path mm -hmm. and I think my, my uncle actually, who was like a house flipper and real estate investor before it was like a cool thing to do. Yeah. He was like, you know. That's fine. Like he, he actually got his law degree, never practiced just because he never had kids and thought it was fun. But he got me rich dad, poor dad when I turned 21. Dude, changed my life. It's, it, it, it's, that's why I'm a real estate investor. That's, I, I really do think, even though that's like, if you listen to podcasts, so many people reference it, it's just like too easy to say rich dad, poor dad. It really did influence me to the point where I was like, all right, I'm, I just took the LSAT basically. I'm, I'm getting into a good law school, I'm gonna go. I was like, I should. Yeah, Fordham is very good law school. Yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll do real estate law. I'll scratch that itch. I always wanted to invest in real estate. Do you invest in real fine. estate? It's so it's we we fast forward all these years and and not not quite yet to a very small degree. Okay. But but more to come. Um, so I'm like, I could I, I could do this. I could I could be a lawyer and and be involved in real estate and make good money. So all of that was was more or less true. But then when you get into the practice of law, it's it's everything we were just talking about. And I, I was at a big firm where like if I, once once my wife and I moved out of the city, like I was going into the city and not knowing when I was taking the train back out. Because yeah. it's just, you just grind out. That's what big law is. Firm. Yeah, we did a lot of commercial leasing. We did a lot of office leasing. You know, pre-pandemic, it was, it was unquestioned that New York City office leasing was like, was, you know, it was, it was gold. Yeah. I mean, these, these partners were just minting money. Um, but that's not great for an associate who, you know, I, my daughter was born in 2012. Yeah, you're working 80 hours uh, a week. They're beating the hell out of you. Yeah, they're beating the hell out of you. It's, it's a really great leveraged business because they're paying you a fixed salary. They'll give you a nice bonus, but like they expect a certain hours target. Yeah. And they're billing you out much higher than, than what your hourly like, works out to. So, uh, I said, you know what? I, I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Didn't want to open up like the, the closing mill type of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I didn't have any of the connections for it. And I, I really, I just, I just felt like I could get the broker side without doing formal training. So like I had my broker's license, you can, you can mail away for that basically as a lawyer in New York, but did people think I was crazy leaving like the golden handcuffs job in Manhattan 
to do something that, that I wasn't even trained to do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's, no, I get it. It's it, a lot of people thought I was us. My, my dad, my wife, they were very supportive. Um, Your dad was very supportive. He was supportive. That's cool. I mean, he, you know, he took risks in his life. He was a good businessman and, and had confidence in me. My wife's the one who I had to like help support and really get buy-in for. Uh, my daughter was too young to know the difference. <laughs> well, it just complicates it when you have kids. Like for me, I owned a Mako Body Shop franchise. All intents and purposes, that was a successful business. I could have lived my life like that, but I wasn't happy. I did not like it at all. And everyone's like, you're fucking nuts. Like you're going to give up that at, at to flip out. Like you're going to buy a house after the market has crashed and like make more money on it. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. So I, I, I totally relate. But if, yeah, if it makes um, sense to you, of course, you're passionate. That's, that's all you need. Man. But kudos to you because like, I don't really have, I mean, to this day, I don't have any real responsibility. You had, like, it's harder for you to sit there with a wife and a baby and say, I'm going to give up my cushy law job to pursue yeah. something else. For me, I'm like, oh, I'll just go live with my parents. Yeah. And I'll up the ante even more. Mm -hmm. I, the ante was upped already. Uh, my son. Second kid on the way. Yeah. So like three months, four months after I, I fully left law firm you're, son was born. you're a potent guy so. you're like a one shot one killer aren't you <laughs> right I right well, you were thinking the same thing it. no that's <laughs> <laughs> true it could if i was if i rolled in there and was like yeah my, my fifth kid was yeah. like on the way it just makes you know, it just even, makes sense i don't know like, i just how did this happen we were trying yeah all right you, you know what <laughs> we're gonna prove this out right now was it one shot one kill so with, with my son, I think it was. Ah! Actually, Don't fuck with me, bro. I know these things. Right, our, our first one, it was, it was, it was a few, <laughs> but it's a... It was you, a few. It was a few. But they, like, Wait, you have two sons? Or no, no. My, my daughter was our first one. Okay. okay. So our first... So I, I asked this of everybody, and I haven't asked it in a while. Yeah. Because people aren't as fun as you normally. So what did you do different to conceive your son versus your daughter? Because if I ever have kids, I don't want to have a daughter. Oh, that's I, nothing. There has nothing. to be. There has to be. There has to be. Think back about the moment of conception. Maybe I was thinking about like Superman or or oh, it was like or like some kind of like <laughs> like like subconscious right. brain to you gotta see like so it, it could be. I'm, it's it's hard to think straight at, at those times. <laughs> didn't relate to, but I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, <laughs> there, was, there was nothing that, that I like researched. I actually really liked having a daughter. And yeah. even though, I mean, look, how old is she? 2020. She's 10 now. My you, son's seven. You will until she's like 15. Oh, it's her, she's already like 15 mentally. I mean, it's the, the back talk. Um, I don't even, I can't even imagine what five years from now is going to be like. Hormones. Uh, and then like dating and guys. Like that's what does it for me. Like it's... It, it's stressing me. Remember, you said it, I seem relaxed. Yeah, That's, you, this this is like what you seem very me, very relaxed. Honestly. But but when but with your son, you're not stressed. No, we're but for different reasons. Like he, we we thought we understood what you know, like a like an amped up kid was like, like a two year old trying to run all over the place. Okay, girl is a different level than boy. I mean, like constant attempts to harm yourself is like what what goes through a, a boy's mind. Like uh, climbing all over the place, falling. I mean, he's to this day, like once a week, he'll have an injury where we're like, oh, do, do we need to get this looked at? During, during the height of COVID, and I remember it was Cinco de Mayo, and, and stupid me and my wife were like, oh, we're going to have margaritas and tacos. Like, you know, it's the pandemic. Like, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Got it. 
All right, go up and, and take a shower. He says to my daughter, our son goes up there. He's like, I'm going to jump in too. He jumps in and just immediately smashes his mouth on the faucet. Oh! And we look at it and we're like, that's kind of deep. And there's, there's a, a service called Dr. Stitch that you can send a text of, of your kid's injury. Wow, and that's they'll, a they'll good idea. It. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. And, and really good people. And they the come and stitch like, you up? Well, he's like, it's borderline. He's like, I need you to meet me at, it was uh, like Plainview Hospital. Wow. So I'm like, shit, go up there. I could, I could curse on this, right? Yeah. This a little... I, don't, I don't curse often, but like that was a shit moment for sure. <laughs> so we get up there, we're, we're masked up. There's people coughing in the waiting room. Oh my Sun's God, bleeding this is, this everywhere. Is so and, and we walk in, what is the first thing the security guard does? I think he thought he was being funny. He's like, he's like, oh, did the big guy hit you? And I'm like, oh my God, like, do they think I'm coming with my son? Cause I like punched him. Cause he has, he has like this cut on his face. So, and I could see him tensing up as like the doctor's getting ready to come in. And I'm like, if he has to get stitches, I remember getting stitches as a little kid. Cause I, I was him, I was the hyper kid. Like they're gonna, they're gonna strap him down so he can't move and it's gonna be screaming bloody murder and it's gonna be the worst day of my life. Thank God that the Dr. Stitch doctor, I can't remember his name, but bless him. He looked at him and he's like, listen, it's, it's actually more superficial than I thought. He's like, I'm not gonna put you through the stress. Of, like it's gonna be overkill, do stitches. Like just, just make sure it's covered yeah. and like have him take it easy. Okay. Thank God. Dr. Or, Stitch. Or what does he have? An app or something? Yeah. Fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you Google Dr. Stitch, uh, and they'll they'll text with you. It's, it's amazing. Wow. It's it's really good. This is why we're gonna get yeah. that TV working because this is like a perfect moment to be like, oh, Dr. Stitch, and there it pops up on the freaking TV. You see where I'm going <laughs> with this? Right. Yeah, like there's like a thing set up. We'll talk about it later. But I just feel like that that that's where I was in my mind when I put that TV there. I was like, boom, Dr. Stitch. No, Joe Rogan has it. Only on you. One hundred percent. Uh, all right, so you're no help in the department of if I want to have a boy, what to do. Yeah, but I think there are a lot of books on this, right? It's probably uh, My mom told me the now. secret, vinegar. You spurt vinegar in there. Could be. That's what she said. I, I think... I'm here. We're, we're probably not that far off. I, I can't imagine we're that far off from like being able to tweet it and choose. I know, I think you could spin it up and have a boy, but if you want to do it the fun way... Yeah, if you want to do it the fun way. I mean, the, the practice is fun, too. I mean, you could yeah, you just pretend that that's the way it's going. Keep making good money, and then you can do petri babies and, and design them. I think. It's not going to weigh in on the ethics of that, but... <laughs> we just can't have everybody do it. Which? And, and actually, wait. Before, before you decide that route, I didn't finish my thought. I really <laughs> like being the father of, of a little girl. Okay. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. We're back there. I was there. nervous. I was like, oh, man. Like, I'm going to have to like, teach like macho things. Like, I, I like sports, but I'm not like a super sports okay. buff. So I'm like, I, I had some hesitation, but it's probably because it's what I knew. Okay. So I would have been okay if I had two girls. I think I would have been very happy. I'd be broker probably down the line. Yeah. You had a lot of them. Yeah. You'd lose the hair. The you hair have, might be totally gone. You have my, a fighting chance. My wife's dad, in. who had two daughters, his hair was gone uh, like soon after. I think that, you know, the mix for you, that, that's not bad. One one and one is, is, isn't bad. But what? So... You like it in the sense that she's like, is she like a daddy's little girl type of thing? Yeah. Like you'll get more love from her uh, than your son? Absolutely. I mean, now it, it, it reverses a little bit. They kind of, they flip flop back and forth, kids. They're, yeah. they're the ultimate, they're like politicians. They play. They seem like a lot of work. Other. A ton of work. Yeah. A ton of work. Yeah. It's a. Uh, they're, like poli- they're like politicians. They're, they're like politicians. They learn. <laughs> it's, it's built in. I think they, they just know, like, play one off the other and wow. they know how to, like, 
feign. Did we do that shit to our parents? I think we had to. Did you guys do that shit to your parents? Something happens when you get old. Like I've seen my parents turn into grandparents. Okay. And like I'll ask, I'm like, did I do this? Like, was I like this? I don't think so. They have like this rose. Was I this manipulative as a child? Yeah, no. They. If you ask my mom, I I did no wrong. I mean, wow. My my sister and brother maybe. I actually kind of feel like you were a wild man in college. I was. I was definitely a little wild. I. I, I knew when to like. Not push it to the point where I'm I'm gonna get arrested. Yeah, like I don't think you're getting arrested, things, but, but you know, I, I think you were uh, I think you were you were boozing in college, and, and the ladies liked you. It's and, and Fordham was that kind of place. Like I went to Fordham undergrad. It's a big like bar school. How long um, have you been with your wife for? It's we've been together a long time. Actually, we we were at Fordham together. Wow. So like that's I joke that like we we didn't get engaged until we were together for like almost ten years. Wow. So like I was really sure. But that's important. That's, that, to me, that's super important. Like, if you pass like a ten-year interview, I can't process, believe she let you go that long. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But but we started young, right? Like, if we if we would have met at like 27, 28. How old were you no when you got have ten? Years. How old were you when you got engaged? I was twenty-seven. And you got married. Twenty-six. At... I got married at twenty-seven. The following year. Oh, all right. So, so you were t- you were together for ten years before you proposed. Now, it's. How old were you when you met her? No, but we, we, yeah, we knew each other before that, too. So, like, we're, when did you start dating like, her? We, we dated in high school first. Oh, Jesus. And then it was like, it, it was in Fordham where it was like, all right, this is, this is going to be it. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. That's, I love to hear stories like that. Yeah, you this. can't, and, and you can't fabricate that. Like, that's a no. pretty No, and you actually thing, look but, happy. Yeah, no, I'm very happy. No, I'm not most just saying that because I know she'll she'll watch this, but no, like I get a lot of people like, yeah, I'm happy, and then when the camera's like, oh, dude, don't ever do it. Don't <laughs> yeah, do it. No, like when you tell me, yo, I really like being a father, I love my wife a lot. Like I actually, I believe you. Good. <laughs> I'm selling all this. Right, really this well. is nice. This is fucking. Yeah. I like. Listen, this is beautiful. I like to be around positivity. You know that's what it. I'm saying? Yeah. People are freaking miserable. Well, that's that's it. Like that's everybody is like, what's what's the big why? Like yeah. you have to have the business why and then the the personal why. Okay. But it, it can't always be family for people. Like, I think a lot of people say my big why is, like, my family. Nah, it's yeah. It's not always, though. Like, it's... And I don't... I don't and, I mean, it, so it sounds shitty to say this, but I don't think it can be. You, like, you have to have your own... You have to have your things that, like, define you, that get you up every day, You're that, right. like, get you excited, that, like, you know, make you crazy in a good way. Exactly. It can't just be, like... Because when, when you're obsessed with, with just your family, right? Like, and then your kids get older... It's like, what's your purpose? It, yes. What, like, exactly. what is your purpose? And then you struggle with that at 65 years old. No, I agree. And that was, I think, one of my biggest fears that I started to recognize before I even went into like, the work world was, like, am I going to be 50, 55, and like, I'm the job and the family, and that's it? Like, what, what am I building here? Okay. So like, building, whether it's construction or, or you're building a business, that's always... That's been like my fear that I, I wouldn't have. I didn't take the opportunity early enough to do that. It was it was re- when I say it was hard to leave that job. It was hard. Like I I gave myself what I describe as like an out of body experience to walk into the the managing partner's office and tell them what I was what I was about to do. I tried to do it a few times. My, I threw my back out. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I it's it's uh, oh it, it was actually it was the ten year reunion for uh, Fordham and like partying, but I'm stressed. And, and we had our daughters, I wasn't partying that hard, but my back was all tense. And by the end of the weekend, 
I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> I was so stressed. I, I ended up losing a day of work because I couldn't get on the train. And then it's like, it's very easy to make the excuse. I, I, my back hurts. I missed a day of work, right? I shouldn't do it. That was the day I did. Like, I, I can't be like having back spasms worrying about this. So you walked into his office, it. you're like, listen. Yeah, but you know what? I, I made it through the Great Recession there. And there was a lot of attrition at my like class year. Mm-hmm. So people graduated from law school in 07 and went into real estate. They got wiped out by the end of 08 yeah. and 09. Because I was able to, to hold on, there weren't that many mid-level associates that they could replace me with. I ended up staying there because I wasn't going to a competing firm. I stayed there for about five or six months and they let me scale down my, my hours. Wow. They were really good. And that's it's one of the reasons why like I actually, I joke that like I'm a, I'm a recovering attorney. I, I actually have, I'm, I'm a partner in a small firm in the city. Really? One of my good friends who I, I trust with my life and some, some of my business runs. And I'm all, I only have a stake there because I get referrals from that firm yeah. and people who are like, I, I need this work done. Uh, so it, wow. they've been really good to me. So you still have your license? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And actually if, if, if you give it up, like then you have to get your, your real broker license and you have to take all the CEs, like the CLEs as a lawyer count for the real estate CEs. Yeah. For the most part, there's like some ethic ones that get added on. So it, it really does, uh, it meshes really well. And I mean, you know this just from doing all these deals, like you probably know a lot more about real estate law than you ever thought you needed to and certainly more than you want to. I've learned a lot of it it's, the hard way, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. interrelated, it's, it's yeah. really, uh, they don't teach you any of this stuff in law school. Like deal work, you don't learn in law school. You learn how to do research, make arguments. Mm-hmm. So, so, but how did you how did you decide that you're going to go from being a real estate attorney to being a realtor? It was so good. We'll come back to real estate. It's simple, simpler simpler uh, line of questioning. So, I the one of the reasons why I'm at EXP is one of the biggest influences on me was, is a friend of mine from the West Coast who I know from before real estate days. His name's Daniel Beer. He, last year, he was the, the top volume producer at EXP. Okay. Like this guy went straight out of college, like doesn't think about law school or other things and like hedges bets, just goes all in. So he helped me actually set up uh, my real estate website when I was still practicing. He's like, oh, you can, like you have your broker license? going to waste why don't you set it up for lead gen trying to find referral partners and just make some referral money so i learned very early on how hard that game is yeah but i said let me keep this website going it was costing me like 150 bucks a month to keep this website going and it was generating leads this is when like you could you could get seo done on a website yeah and just like mint buyer leads yeah so i said i already have a lead flow um i don't want to do like you know 300 closings in a year keep the lights on let me just take the plunge and, and get into the broker side I think I think I can learn it and excel without having anybody local to like hang under and have to share money with so I I really went out on the limb this is probably why I had to give myself that out-of-body experience to quit because I was really going into something that I just thought I would excel in mm-hmm. but didn't really know so like I formed the Flynn Realty Group and I just went straight to being an independent broker Wow. By myself. So I, I would join their training calls on the West Coast. Like, you, you went directly into EXP? 
No, no, I, I just joined EXP about a year ago. Okay. So I was I, I formed my own brokerage off the bat. Oh, no shit. No training, no mentors. Got it. Like, what I was going to say before when you asked, like, about, you know, have you ever had, like, 40 under, 20 under 40? Yeah. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. It took me, like, a few years to even know that was a thing because I came at it, like, here instead of here. And mm -hmm. just, I had to really catch up and, and avoid that learning curve. But... Uh, Dan ended up uh, getting me into Keller Williams about two years in, maybe like a year and a half, two years in. Mm -hmm. I saw the benefit of hanging up the, the independent license yeah. and growing the team under a bigger umbrella. So I was at KW for about five years. Like okay. It was like last September. You uh, made the, made the Dan jump. Dan obviously went to EXP, and I'm not just following him along. He was there for a few years before. Um, but I saw, I saw the benefit to like the enhanced platform yeah. that it offered. So yeah, it's, it's relatively new actually. That was my first EXP con. So it my last. I, it won't go well. No, it won't. I want to go to EXP awesome. con. You yeah, can go. I'm going to guest. That looks fucking wild, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, no, I should stay away from EXP con. <laughs> EXP con will get me in a lot of trouble. I can tell. Um, so let me ask you this question. I'm curious, and I, I always ask Agent this because this is like the meat and potatoes of what people really want to know. So you do a lot of business. How are you doing a lot of business? So I would say the majority of it is uh, like sphere of influence mm -hmm. and, and referrals at this point. So, I but didn't start that way. So how do you grow that? Like, how are you growing that though? Because right. it's like, that's, that's the commonality, right? Because obviously I've talked to hundreds of agents, literally maybe thousands of agents, right? right? And it's like, all right, I, I, think, I think agents should find it interesting, but I also find it interesting to say people, you get business from people basically referring you business. But the means in which you go about meeting people to refer you business is different. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so we also have, so I've, I've built the team out now so that we have, there are five agents with the Flynn team uh, and we'll, we do have inbound leads. Okay. So like, I don't have any, the next thing I want to add actually is, is an ISA, an inside sales agent. Okay. That is just going to be dedicated to phones, Got period. It. Like doesn't leave the office for showings. Uh, the inbound leads, like we, we're, we're not big on on Zillow because they've really gone to this Zillow flex model now, which is the thirty five percent thing. Yeah, and they're they're favoring the big big teams you, for that. You know what they're trying to do? You know what they're doing, right? Fucking brilliant. They're yeah, they're fucking they, they are taking over slowly without anybody even realizing. Because think about it from this standpoint, and I was I learned about the flex thing the other day, right. or a couple like. So I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I was like, let's say you're on team XYZ under, you know, Colwell Bank or whatever it is, right? You're on a team, you're paying 10 or 20% to Colwell, and then you're getting a split off the team, right? Right. If, um, and then Zillow's getting 35%. So Zillow gets 35% off the top and then all the splits. If Zillow just turns around one day, and I'm really surprised they haven't done it already. I guess they're testing it right now. And they turn around to the agent and say, hey. You're paying all this other fees, but like you could just be a broker, a Zillow agent. Yeah. We'll charge you 35%, but we're gonna make your phone ring all friggin' day. That's, I don't I don't really know why they haven't done that. That's that's really Redfin's model, actually. Like there are Redfin agents. There aren't that many. They didn't yeah. have the same like impetus. Like Zillow came in and just became the eight hundred pound gorilla. So you know what I think the difficult thing to do is though? I think the difficult thing to do is um, actually, no, it's not. I was going to say the difficult thing to do is to track it. I think it's more difficult now to track it. But if you're a Zillow agent, 
No. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, and, and they could work out different splits. They could say, "Hey, listen, if you bring it in, we'll do 80-20. If right. we give you a Zillow lead, and they'll just reward the people that convert the most." It's I, what they might have been waiting for, which which EXP kind of broke ground on for them, is having like that cloud-based setup yeah. for their agents, because you don't want to have to open up brick and mortar in all these different spots and invest all that capital. I just everywhere answered, in the country. I just answered uh, my own question. Fuck, it's not gonna work. Zillow's model's not going to work. Zillow's very smart and they make a lot of money doing shit, but they they missed the boat on a lot of stuff. Like that iBuyer shit. Yeah. Like, bro, you could have just called me. I would have told you this shit wasn't going to work. I would have saved you hundreds of millions of dollars. There's no way that shit's going to work. This isn't going to work either. You know why it's not going to work? Because agents don't care about money. Agents care about... So I ask every agent now. This is like yeah. my new shtick. I, I know where you're going with this, I think. But... I ask every agent, what are the top five things you you look for in a broker? Split is number five. Sometimes it doesn't even make it. Yep. It's about culture, training, all this stuff. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I, I agree. And I think that's a lot of the frustration that you'll get from, oh, you're nailing it. Nailing it. it it's, uh, there's no such thing as like the perfect brokerage period. It's, the, there's got to be like the brokerage fit for what someone's looking for. So like an yeah. EXP, there are people who will come to me and, and ask me about the EXP, and what I'll do first is ask them what their goals are, what their expectations are, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's not going to align with what EXP has to offer. It's more yeah. of a platform than like a true brokerage where it's like, let me let me have an office to go to, an office manager yeah. will help me sort these things out. Where do I get leads? There's someone I can ask about that. If you're at EXP, that exists, but you've got to join the right like yeah. tribal just call because it's yeah. You, you know, it also it's like I think agents in general also like to blame the broker. Oh yeah. So they think if I jump to this one, it'll be better. It's like shiny object syndrome. It's not the broker. No. It's you. Just like it's not the leads. Yeah. It's a leads a lead. A broker's broker. You're you're in business for yourself in this business. It's really yeah, no. like you you've got to know that going in and. Sure, there's there are pluses and minuses to you know like the more traditional brokerage models, yeah, and the ones where it's like hands off and, and you should know what you're doing and we, we give you hand splits so you can build a team, um, but it's definitely not once it's one size fits all. I don't think no. enough. I don't think enough new agents know what they're getting into. No, because but in fairness to them, there's no one to educate them. Yeah, it's true. So um, shit. So I'm curious to know. We've been jabbering on for an hour, believe it or not. Is that isn't it crazy? I could I could talk for hours. It's really I I'd be ready to filibuster. It's filibuster. Like like in the Senate when they don't want to build a pass uh, and somebody's got to talk all night and they just start reading from <laughs> books and stuff. I don't know. That's the... <laughs> so I mean, what would um, what would your advice be to somebody to be to a new agent that's just getting into real estate? It's but before you jump ship and before you really like invest a lot of time and, and certainly money in, in getting like business cards and, and marketing stuff, make sure you're at the right brokerage and you know what you're getting mm -hmm. and, and just understand where your business is going to come from. I think if before you even start, you have to have like make a spreadsheet of your top 100 people in your life that would give you business if they knew you were in real estate. Have that before you even start. Because you're not going to get business from that list on day one. You're probably going to have to call expires and fizzbos like everybody else to get like day one business. 
but that's going to eventually be your database. That's the beginning of the database, and you have to nurture it. Uh, I think one of the, the brilliant things that Gary Keller came up with was like this, this 36 touch concept that whoever's in your database, your past clients, your sphere of influence, you got to be touching them 36 times a year. It's a lot of times a year. It's like almost once a week. Oh, Jesus. But it's like try to make a call to them twice a year. Send them emails with, with video content yeah. once a week. Send them a newsletter once a month. Send them snail mail one, once get, a month. I get your newsletter. It's, there no, you go. No, no. Yeah. It's, I, and you know what? I wasn't even thinking about that because it's it's automated basically. Yeah. It's the system. For for seven yeah. years, it's been this is a past client or this is a sphere. They're on the list. Yeah, I've had people tell me I've yeah, you, you like report from places and stuff sometimes. Yeah, like I see, yeah. It, and I've had I've had friends who are like, you know, I'll give you business. I'll save the postage. I don't want to save the postage. No, it's the system. Don't mess with the machine. Don't mess with the machine. So you have to start that machine from day one. Yep. Or like day negative three before you're you're jumping in. Um, but, but you need to have, you need to have a supportive environment where someone's going to tell you that, like, this is what you should start doing for next year's business. And like to build your pipeline, what are you going to do day one? You know, it's, if, if you're, if you joined EXP or HomeSmart or someplace that like, you don't have a mentor who's brought you in, you're not going to know to do any of this. You're just going to be like, what, how do I sell houses? Yeah, when true. do the houses come in? That's true. Yeah, you gotta have a strategy uh, to go after it. So talk to a lot of people. That's the best thing to do. Talk to agents from all the different brokerages. Maybe not all of them, but like the uh, the like the traditional side of the business. Talking like Douglas Elements, Daniel Gales, Coach, that type, where it's 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 a structure in place. Mm -hmm. And then the other side, which is more like it's it's the platform. Keller Williams, EXP, Remax, HomeSmart. Yes, yeah. those are those are really set up so that you can you could build your team like it's a mini brokerage. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Right. Listen, man, I appreciate you coming down. Absolutely. I appreciate you always thinking of me. Yeah, I appreciate no, us doing deals together. You you are the the I'm gonna just say it the best to work with. Thank you. Because you make the decision quickly and then you stick with it. And that's, that's oh, from the investor standpoint. From the investor, I appreciate that. Like yeah. I always tell people, and I mean, I would like the criticism if there is some. I'm like, listen, you got to create an experience for the people you work with. So if I'm working with an agent, like you call me up and like, I call you up and I'm like, yo, the house is ready to go. You're like, oh great, I'll schedule pictures. I'm like, no, it's already done. Yeah. Like email with the full team on it, everything. Lockbox keys. I was in shock when we had that conversation. So like, can we get on the market, you know, in like three days? I was like, yeah, when, when can I get my photographer in there? Like, no, 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 it's, it's done. So what, what's my next thought and question? Oh, okay. What's like? What is your commission arrangement? Because I'm thinking like, oh, I I, I should know this already. I'm thinking this got to be like he's doing a lot of the work here. No, it's full commission. Yeah, it's turkey. Yeah, it's like that's uh, you you're you're doing it like on a next level by doing that. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. But yeah. it's like you want to create the experience so that when somebody like yourself gets a property, they think of me. Yep. And it has happened since. Absolutely. We're close. I still think we're gonna get that one. Yeah, I think we'll torture her charismatically in a not you know offensive way until she says okay, just fine. Yeah, it's the the numbers have to make sense. Of course. Um, so if people are looking to join a team or looking to buy or looking to sell, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Probably at this point, I mean, I guess everybody Google's now. Like all, all the kids, well, without going back on the kids topic, I think everyone they don't goes, have phone. They don't use like phone numbers anymore. I think everyone goes well, to social media now. Social media, so yeah. it's, we're the Flynn team on Instagram, and it's the Flynn team at EXP Realty. 
because there's more room for characters on Facebook. Um, YouTube, it's the Flynn team. Put a lot of my content there. Uh-huh. And tick, I'm trying to break into TikTok. It's I don't the greatest fully thing. understand it's it. It's the fucking best thing in the world. That's a different one. That's at the dad real estate. At Just the because dad. like okay. that's got to be a little funkier. Yeah. And one of my shticks now is like I give dad real estate advice. But, like I try to make myself look. <laughs> oh yeah, like, that's old. what I've seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I have a, I have, I know we're like going over time. One of my younger cousins, like it's my my dad's youngest cousin, his youngest kid, is like a like a mini TikTok star, and he does like these fake prank calls. Mm-hmm. So over the summer, I'm like, can you look at my TikTok account and tell me? Like what I could do differently. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's got, he's like, you have the phone number, of the brokerage in there. I'm like, oh, it's just for compliance. He's like, no. He's like, find a way to hide it in the back. He's like, nobody wants to see that. And he's like, this is like a 10 minute video. He's like, no one's gonna watch more than like the first 30 seconds. He's like, yeah. can you do this in 30 seconds? Like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna bite size this into 30 seconds? So I, I came up with this like, I'm, I'm the dad who's like grumpy on the couch with the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And like, just bite size. You'll, you'll thank me if you do this. That's cool. How many, like, how many videos do you do a day or week? Not enough. Yeah, you got to I mean, do like you got to like three a day. You got you got to, and I'm not anywhere near that. I, it's uh, we hit it hard. Like I was hitting it hard, like three four a day, and then finally we started doing the 3D printing stuff, and yeah. that just like blew up. Yeah, and I've mellowed out, but I'm I'm gonna go back into really hitting it hard with the 3D printing. But if you hit it, if you hit it right, yeah. it's crazy. That thing just runs. Yep, like and it's. it's it's just every and everybody knows you. It's just it's sick. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're getting people like DMing me for brand deals. Like we'll pay you eighty bucks for a clip if you mention our product in it. Like and then it just gets crazier from that point. Right. All right. I got to break in. Got to do it. I got a time block for it because that's really yeah. You got a time block everything. for it. Make three videos a day or at least one video a day. Pop it up there and go. And you can repurpose it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Across all different platforms, is, so it's good. It's Michael cheap. Flynn, handsome home buyer. House that smells like cappy. I want to freaking buy it. And you will. You know you know. That's a wrap. All right, man, you're done. That was it.